cutting spirit, soul, and body. And have been, I think this is our fifth week to study spirit, soul, and body. And we're getting, um, taking our text from uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, if you'll turn there with me. Hallelujah, we love the Word. We are basing our life on the Word of God. If it's not in the Word, as far as we're concerned, it is not of any value. And so, glory to God. You know, in Timothy, I'll tell you the scripture here in just a second. 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved, uh, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Bible has to be divided. If you just don't, if you don't divide it, you're going to be confused. The Bible has there's the Bible has to be divided by the New Testament and the Old Testament. Or there's a division there, and there's a division there for a reason. We don't live under the old covenant. We we we're new. We're, we live under the new covenant. Now, we live in the dispensation of grace. And so uh, we cannot go to the Old Covenant for our doctrine. We, God does not deal with us like He dealt with, a, uh, with Adam. Uh, well, after the fall, Adam. He does not deal with us like He dealt, dealt with Moses, Daniel, David. Men, David, a man after God's own heart. But God does not deal with us like He dealt with those men. And He doesn't even deal with us like He dealt with the... Uh, uh, the uh, Jews, when he preached to them in the four Gospels, we read the things that God, Jesus talked to the Jews about. He does not deal with us the same way. They were unregenerate. They were not born again. And we are born again. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And he deals with us under a new covenant. And it's a new and better way, Hebrews says. A new and better way. Glory to God. And so also we divide the a word. Another way we divide the word, well, I've given you this before, but I'm just reviewing a little. 1 Corinthians 10.32 says there's three groups of people. There's the Jews, the church, and the nations. And when we read Scripture, we have to read and decide if God's talking to the Jews. We have to understand, have revelation. Is God talking to the Jews? Is He talking to the church? Or is He talking to the nations? If Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, they're written to the church. We know that. I mean, that, that, those are books that are written to us. We know that. Some of the things that are in the Gospels weren't written to us. They're written to the Jews. Jesus spoke directly to the Jews about some things. There's things in the Old Testament that are written to the Jews, not written to us. And then there's scriptures that are written to the nations. And we have to divide that or we will be confused and most Christians are confused because most people are getting old covenant preached to them even though they may not realize it. And then the first Thessalonians, are you all there? 5 verse 23, another way we divide the word it says, in the very God of peace sanctify you wholly and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Most people do not even know that they have a spirit. Most Christians will say things like, uh, I'm believing for souls to be saved. I've said it myself in the past before I had understanding. We're praying for souls, but souls aren't what gets saved. It's the spirit man that is born again. It is That's the new creation. It's not the soul. The soul, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality and your intellect, uh, personality and what else did I... Char character, your character. 
uh, conscience. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. But I did say all those other things too. Anyway, that's what your soul is. Your soul is in the process of being saved. In other words, you are uh, you are renewing your mind, and your and your soul is becoming. As you renew your mind, your soul starts to act more and more saved. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. As you renew your mind, people that don't Christians that get born again and never renew their mind. You know, they're going to live like the world lives, and they're going to have what the world has. They're not going to know that they're, that they're not going to know very much, are they? And so I, I'm reviewing kind of fast here, I realize. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I uh, want you to notice there in that scripture how much of a distinction he makes that there is a spirit, there's a soul, and there's a body. He didn't just say, I pray God your spirit, soul, and body. He said your, your whole spirit and so he puts an and in there. That's not even really good uh, gram grammar. I mean, that's not how we would write it. We would say spirit, soul, and body if we were writing a sentence with that. I'm looking at Barry Melissa trying to say, is that right? You know, they, they, surely they know. But anyway, that's not how I'd write it anyway. But he says your whole spirit and soul and body. You've got three parts. You're a three-part being. God created you in his image. God's a three parts. He's three parts. He's uh, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You're created in his image, your spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Well, let's get some of our paper dolls up on the board. And there's God. God is uh, love. God is light. He's all light. There's no darkness in him at all. Not at all. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. There is no darkness in God. And uh, he is... Uh, uh, and then here we have the born again Christian, three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And here I have broken it down for you into, so you can see it maybe a little more clearly. Uh, this is the spirit man, uh, light, complete light. Uh, um, Colossians, let me just read, a, Colossians 2.10 says, uh, You are complete in Him. That's talking about your spirit man. You are complete in Him. God doesn't need to do anything more to your spirit man. When you got born again, you are complete in Him. You are 100% whole. You hear people say things that aren't true, like you need to get healing in your spirit. You do not need to get healed in your spirit. You may need it in your soul, but you don't need it in your spirit. Or He has a wounded spirit. Ever hear that? You do not have a wounded spirit. You have may have a wounded soul, but you're not wounded in your spirit. You're not... Um, uh, uh. You don't have any darkness at all in you and your spirit. But then we have the soul, uh, and the soul can be... Uh, the soul. This is a renewed mind, because see how uh, pure and white and bright and live it is. But uh, this one, this is a... This could be a born-again man with a uh, soul that's not renewed. He's not renewed. He's still got darkness in his soul. He's, he's uh, depressed. He's, uh, he's uh, negative. Oh, wow. If you're negative, you need to get your mind renewed. Uh, he's, he's, got a, uh, he's got a bad confession. He confesses bad things over his life. He's saying things like, that just scared me to death. That just, uh, we don't use the word death at our house. We we just don't talk. We just don't. We don't. We don't use the word fear. We don't say that. Just we don't say scared. That scared me to death. I was afraid. We don't use that word. 
I mean, we just, fear is, we're not supposed to be afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have to eliminate those things from our vocabulary. I'm telling you, it's not easy, but you can get it out of your vocabulary. And you need to get it out of your vocabulary. Because you're opening the door for the devil to bring things in by what you're saying. I didn't mean to talk about that, but I am. Hallelujah. So get those things out of your life. Amen. And don't let your, don't, don't, teach your children not to be afraid. Teach your children not to be afraid. Amen. Shut, shut the door on fear. Fear is in the soul. Um, and, uh, and all the other things that we talked about. And then here's the body. This is a body that's begun. The life of God that's in our spirit, man, will get out into your body. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if it dwells in you, shall quicken your mortal body. And so your body can begin to, uh, uh, be um, healed and healthy and there's something flowing from your spirit that's getting out into your body and you're, you're, you're recovering and you're, you're getting over. Hallelujah. And, 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 and seeing less and going, not seeing the doctor very often. Every time we go to the doctor, which isn't very often, they say, long time no see. We say, but I'm thinking, not long enough, sir. You know, I'm like, not long enough. But, you know, they do. They say, long time no see. We say, well, we've been healthy. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, we're staying that way. Glory to God. The Word uh, on the inside of us and the, the life of God on the inside of us. Uh, most Christians live from the standpoint of soul and body, and they confuse the soul and the spirit. But there is a distinct difference. You know, your body is obvious. You can see, you can see my body right up here. It's obvious. Um, you, when you talk to me, you're talking to my soul. You're not talking to my body. You know, and, and when you talk to me, you're talking to my soul. You're talking to my intellect. You're talking to my emotions. Amen. And uh, uh, words can hurt the soul. Words can hurt the soul. You ever hear that little saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me? Well, that's true if you're just talking about the, net, the, the physical man. Words cannot necessarily hurt the physical man, at least not immediately. They can result in hurt to the physical man, but they don't hurt immediately. But, uh, but words can hurt us emotionally. Words can wound us emotionally. Words can, uh, uh, people are scarred and wounded and hurt in their emotions. But there is a bomb in Gilead. I want to tell you something. You can be healed of that. You don't, I don't care what you've been through. You know, if you listen to TV, they'll tell you, you can't, you, there's certain things you can go through. You never get over it. My mom went through a divorce 28 years ago. She tells me you can't ever get over it. But that's not true. You can get over it. Amen. Hallelujah. I know it's traumatic, but you can get over it. But some people don't want to get over things. You know, it feels good to rehearse and nurse and, and go through that. It, sometimes it feels good to be mad for a while until it starts poisoning you. And it starts poisoning you emotionally. And you're, you're, you know, you're crippled emotionally. You can't love anybody else. You can't trust anybody else. And you know what? I want to tell you something. If you've been hurt, join the club. We've all been hurt. Hallelujah. And you can get, you can get healed. Amen. Glory to God. And so your spirit, it's your spirit man that was reborn. It was your spirit man that was changed. Uh, hallelujah. In an atomic second, in the twinkling of an eye, when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you were changed. You were reborn. Amen. Amen. You were reborn from above. 
You were refathered from above. Before that, Satan was your father. Here's the, here's the three-part man that's lost. We'll get that unrenewed mind back up here. Let me see. That little thing is just kind of in my way. Okay, there's the three-part man. They'll give him a soul back. Get his soul back. Okay, there's the three-part man that is lost. He is, uh, he is dead to God. He does not know God. He does not understand the Word of God. He can pick up the Bible. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't see it. It's, it, it's, it's darkened to him. It's not, he doesn't catch. He just does not catch. You know, the apostles uh, that walked with Jesus, they did not understand even the things that Jesus taught him, them. They did not understand until after the resurrection when they got born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and then they, just, they, they understood it. You know, they begin to have revelation. The, the, the lost man does not understand the Bible. And um, <coughs> his, uh, he's full of negativity, the world way of thinking. He's depressed. He's, uh, you know, he, 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 and there's no hope for this man. There's only one thing that can help him, and that's to be born again. There is nothing else that can fix him. You can send him to every psychologist and every psychiatrist on the faith earth and give him every kind of medication, and you will not fix him. He, his father is the devil. And you know, now, just because we say this doesn't mean that everybody that's not born again is mean and wicked because some of them have a moral standard, right? And that's why we need the Ten Commandments. We don't need the Ten Commandments for us. We, the Bible says we got the law of God written in our heart. You don't need the Ten Commandments, but we need the Ten Commandments for the lost man. We need to constantly be reminding that sinner, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not... And you know, it doesn't curb all of it, but it curbs some of it. it hold, and that's why we need laws. If we, if we didn't have any sinners on the earth, we wouldn't even need any laws, technically. If every, if every Christian had a renewed mind. We would not need any laws. So we got the law of God written on our hearts. We'd all do the right thing. We'd all walk in love all the time. So we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't need laws. But we need laws. We need laws to curb this sinner man. Because this sinner man, if, you don't, if he don't have the threat that you're gonna, we're going to hang you or give you a lethal injection, if he doesn't have that, he's going to do whatever he wants to, anytime he wants to. So that's, the, that's what those laws are for, is to curb those things and to hold those things back. Amen? And so uh, that's how it works. <clears throat> so that's the, the spirit man is the part that was changed. The spirit is the part that communicates with God. God does not communicate with your mind. And He does not deal with your, your, your flesh, your body. Everything He does for you, when He heals you, He deposits it in your spirit. He deposits healing into your spirit man. When He talks to you, He talks to the spirit man. He, does, he rarely speaks to a born-again Christian out loud. Most born-again Christians are wanting to hear from God, and they're trying to hear Him with their natural ears, and they wish God would speak to them in an audible voice. But that is not generally His way. Now, He does sometimes, occasionally. But not, let's say this, 99% of the time He talks to us, He talks to our spirit. He says things in our heart. And then from our heart, they come up to our mind. And the more you pray in the Holy Ghost and the more you meditate and focus on the things of God, the more you'll hear. Right. You'll hear the things that God's already speaking to your heart. And you know, we've all experienced it where uh, we felt like we shouldn't do something and then we did it. 
and then something didn't go right and we go, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. I, or, or like I have this happen to me all the time. Uh, like I'll, I'll know before I get to church somebody's not going to be at Somebody's not going to be in the nursery or something. And I'll know it before I get there. I, it's not like a God says, Debbie, so-and-so's not going to show up for the nursery. It's just kind of like a little thought will come to me. You know, what if they don't, it'll be kind of like, what if they don't come today or something? It'll be more like that. And then when I get there, I go, see, the Holy Ghost was telling me. The Holy Ghost was telling me to be prepared for that or whatever. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so the Holy Ghost is speaking to us all the time. He's, he's trying to, the Bible says He wants to show us things to come. That we can be readily prepared for the future. He wants to show you things for concerning your children. There's a scripture that says He wants to show you things to come concerning your children that you can have them prepared for the future. And you're to be led, if you want to be a good parent, you're going to have to be a spirit-led parent. You're going to have to listen to the Holy Ghost. And you're going to have to say no when the Holy Ghost says say no. And you're going to, you know what, don't matter if it is the popular thing to do. Right. Amen. Amen. If you violate what the Holy Ghost is, going to, is telling you, then He cannot protect you like He wants to. Yeah, right. You have to listen to Him for Him to protect you. And that's why you have to make sure that you, you, are, you are always leaning to this man. You're always listening and you're obeying and, and this man. And you know, a lot of times God will train us with things that don't matter. He will speak to us just to teach us to follow Him. Like He'll say, you know, you'll be thinking, I need to go buy a birthday cake and, he'll, and you'll have this unction, go to buy it at Winn-Dixie. And you're like, why would God care whether I buy it at Food World or Winn-Dixie? Well, He doesn't. But he's, pra he's teaching you to listen. He's practicing on you. It might be even cheaper at Food World. And if you get in your brain, you'll say, yeah, but they're 25 cents cheaper at Food World. You know? And some people would drive five miles to save 25 cents, you know? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about. By spend $2 in gas to save 25 cents. Especially the way gas is now. Isn't that the truth? Hallelujah. So, uh, uh, and so your body, see your body is not good or bad. Your body is being, is either, is influenced by your soul. Your body is actually, you know, we draw spirit, soul, and body like that. But we could, we could draw it another way. We could do this. We could put spirit and we could put body. And there's this thing in the middle, and it's called the soul. And whether you, when the Spirit's trying to tell you something, and the body can be trying to tell you something, the body will be saying sin. Can this be, the flesh can be having sin, desires to sin. Did you know that? And the Spirit be saying, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Your soul is what decides. That's why you've got to have a renewed mind so that you'll go with the, you, you know, you'll, if the soul sides with the body, you are in trouble. If you get your soul siding with your body and your soul can whine, oh, because see then your, your senses are talking. Let's just take it in the realm of sickness. Your senses are talking when you're sick. You know, your five senses, something's hurting, in other words. Your senses are talking to you, and your soul starts whining around on you about how bad you feel, and you don't feel good, and, and feel like having a pity party. You know, well, you got to, your soul needs to decide. Your spirit's saying by his stripes, you were healed. You're already healed. And your soul needs to side with your spirit and say, body, get up. Act on the word of God. You're healed. Get up and act like it. 
And right there, your soul is what's going to decide whether you go, whether, whether you have what the Word says or whether you just have to live like the natural man. Just live just like the sinner man. Have no more than he has. Have the same Dr. Bills he has. You know? Your soul is what's deciding. You've got to have a renewed mind and you're going to have to, your soul is going to have to rise up. You can talk to your soul and say, soul, arise. Amen. Okay, so here you cannot discern God with your five senses. A lot of people are trying to feel God. They're, they're like, well, I felt, I felt the Holy Ghost today. Well, you didn't. Not with your body. You did not feel the Holy Ghost with your body. You may have had a chill bump, but that's not reliable. You may have had a, you know, a... What do you call that? The, 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 you, may, you may have had to did the chicken. Or that's what Joe Morris calls it. The, swan, the, the, the chicken or the swan or whatever. You may have, you know, and our body does react. I mean, you know, we, and the body should get in there. We're praising God. Oh, I'm excited. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's great. But I'm not, I'm not if my body don't feel excited, I can't go by that. My five senses are not reliable. My, they're not reliable, and God does not touch you. He is not, he is not coming by and, and, and giving you goosebumps to tell you He's in the room. The only thing that's reliable is the Word of God. And so we make all of our... We, we, have, to, we have to find out who we are in Christ and what we have by the Word of God and by nothing else. In other words, you can't find out if you're saved by, by saying... I don't, do I feel saved? Lots of people are saying, you know, I just don't feel saved. I just, uh, there's people, there's Christians who got saved and they've sinned and now they don't feel forgiven. They've repented a hundred times. They are so sorry for their sin. They are so repentant, but they don't feel forgiven. But that is totally irrelevant. It does not have anything to do with anything. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 that if you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It don't matter how you feel. Bless God, you've been cleansed. And if you'll rise up and say, Devil, and then the next thing you need to say is, Self, the Word says, if I confess, I'm forgiven. Bless God, I'm forgiven. And according to Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to me. I'm not taking this condemnation. And do not allow your don't allow the devil to condemn you, but sometimes it's not even the devil. Sometimes it's just yourself condemning you. It's just self. And don't let anybody else condemn you either. And besides all that, when you sinned, you just read your Bible, it says so. That sin was in your flesh. It didn't even touch your spirit. You know how come it didn't touch your spirit? Because Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, I believe that's where it's at. Yeah, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit... Hallelujah. Of promise. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I don't know how this works. How does this work? How does... I got the wrong spirit? Oh, it goes on this one. Okay. Okay, I'm, now he's sealed. Okay, see? That, you all see that? That's got a plexiglass seal. Yours isn't made out of plexiglass, by the way. Hallelujah. God don't use plastic. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But he sealed your spirit, man. And you are sealed. Did you, you, that's why, the, you know, you can't fall from grace. You can't fall from grace. 
You can sin and you can mess up your life. The wages of sin are death. You can go to heaven so quick because you're sinning. (laughs) You can get there in a hurry. But you cannot fall from grace because you've been sealed. Now, but bear with me here. Don't throw this overboard because I know if you're Pentecostal, you, if you were raised in Pentecost, you were taught you fall every other time you breathe. I mean, you can just have a bad thought and have to get saved the next Sunday. But I tell you, it's not true. You were reborn. God threw your old man away. He couldn't find If he wanted to give you your old man back, he couldn't find it. He destroyed the old man. He could not find the old man to give it back to you. And it's, see, you were, re, you were changed. It's like from an orange being supernaturally changed into an apple. And you can't, see, you can't go, apple, orange, apple, orange, apple, orange. But that's how people go. I mean, they're like that. They're, they're just like this. Let me get, the, let me get this guy. They're, they're like, I did this one night now. It was real good. Saved, lost, saved, lost, saved, lost, saved, lost. You know, they're just like that. You, that does not happen. That does not happen. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, you, and that's not, that's not a license to sin. You're going to destroy your life. You're going to destroy your family if you sin. You're going to destroy your physical body if you sin. And you're going to get to heaven quick. And you're not going to have any reward when you get there. And you're going to enroll in nursery school. A bunch of people get enrolled. You don't get your mind renewed on earth. You, go to, you start to school when you get to heaven. You do. You've got to get a renewed mind when you get to heaven. And it's not just going to be imparted either. You're going to school and you're going to sit with all. You may, you're going to hear John Wesley and Paul. and You're going to hear them all preach. Woo! You are. Hallelujah. And if you don't believe me here on this earth, when you get to heaven, Paul will say, she told you. (laughs) She told you. You are, and and, and see, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. It's so powerful, so powerful, so powerful. Because it, I mean, it makes you powerful when you realize this. It doesn't make you want to go sin. What makes people sinner, what makes Christians sin is preachers getting up and telling them they're old sinners saved by grace. Preaching on sin all the time makes Christian the law. Preach the law. The strength of sin is the law. That's what the Bible says. The strength of sin is the law. If you preach the law instead of grace to people, they'll go sin. But most preachers preach the law so they can hold them there. Everything, you know, you can go to hell if you miss a, a, a week. That's what the Catholics say. You can't miss church on. You got to go to church on Sunday. You go to hell. Church of Christ say you got to take communion on Sunday or you'll go to hell. So I mean, it is. Say if you can't say Amen, say Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's they do it to control because they're afraid if they tell you you're under grace. That you'll bolt for the door and you'll never come back. Hallelujah. So we cannot contact God with our mind. We cannot figure it out. We cannot reason it out. A lot of people are trying to figure out the Word of God. They're trying to reason it out. And they can't, you know, scientists, they look at it, they don't understand. They can't see it. They don't understand it. Their eyes, their minds are darkened. They do not understand it. And the reason they don't, turn to John 11, verse 40. You will never understand if you are trying to see it before you believe. It'll never work. 
That is not God's way. Jesus said in John 11, verse 40, He said, Jesus said, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see. God's way is always just the opposite of what <laughs> the opposite of what the world would say. They'd say, well now, and Thomas even said that. That is, that was so worldly. That was so devilish when he said, I will not believe unless I see the, the prince in your hands. That was, that was devilish. That was worldly. And uh, uh, Jesus' way is always, if you believe, then what happens after you believe is you start to have revelation and you begin to see and you begin to understand everything. If you, these new truths, if I'm teaching you new truths tonight, and I'm not asking you to buy, in, buy it hook, line, and sinker. I'm saying get your Bible and go find it and go, go prove it out. And, uh, uh, but uh, if, you, if, you, if you believe that you're a new creation in Christ and, you, and, 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 and then, then the revelation of it begins to... But if you say, no, I, I just can't believe that. I'm just an old sinner. I'm just unworthy. I just, you know. And, of course, we're not any of us saying, you know, without Jesus, we are all unworthy, not worth anything. But the problem is, we got Jesus. So we don't even have to think about that. We do not, no more discussion. Is that right? Okay. Uh, um, so, see, um, the Bible, the Bible is the only thing that reveals spiritual reality. Through the Word is how we know what our spirit's like. We cannot go by our feelings. We cannot go by, you've never seen your spirit. You, no, you have not seen your spirit. But it's through the Bible that we know what our spirit's like. It's how, that's how we know we're new creations. That's how we know that we've got a spirit living on the inside of us. That's how we know what, what is in us and what we've been made and who we are in Christ. It's only through the Bible. That's the only way that you can perceive spiritual things is through the Bible. Uh, uh, he told us that in James chapter 1, if you would turn to James. James chapter 1, verse 23. He said, For if, I, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So, you know, you can't just read the Bible and then go off and forget it and, and have anything. No, when you believe the Bible and then you act on the Word of God, then the blessings, that's when the blessings start to come in. That's when the blessings start to roll. That man, he said, shall be blessed in his deeds. See, you've never seen your face before. Not one of you has ever seen your face. You have never, you would have to pull your eyeball out, turn it around. I would not advise this. You have only seen a reflection of your face. That is all you have ever seen. And Word of God, the Word of God is a perfect reflection of our spiritual condition. The Word of God is what shows us our spirit man. It reflects, the Word of God reflects our spirit man to us because we can't see Him. He's inside. We cannot see our spirit man. And so the Word of God shows us our spirit man and reflects that to us. Uh, uh, 
people have said things like this. If I had the power of God on the inside, I would know it. No, you would not. You, everyone, if you're born again, have the power of Almighty God residing on the inside of you. Paul didn't have more power. He just acted on it more. Paul did not have more power. Peter did not have more power. All the men of the Bible, James and Timothy, they did not have more power. They just acted on it. Smith Wigglesworth didn't have more power. John G. Lake didn't have more power. Well, the children in children's church had as much power. Amen. And they're quicker to believe it, too, than some of us. Amen. And they act on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I asked Carter last week going home from church, I said, are you going to be a preacher? And he said, when I'm a daddy, I am. And I said, well, you don't have to wait till you're a daddy. And I began to tell him about little David over in Virginia, who at eight years old had a preaching and healing ministry. And I started telling him about little David. He said, yeah, and he watched the sheep too. I said, no, 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 not that, not that little David. <laughs> He's got this children's church stuff going. <laughs> he watched the sheep too. And I said, no, 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 not that little David. Hallelujah. No, he, he keeps us entertained. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. No, they're, uh, they're, they're full of it. Uh, Roy was telling me the other night that, he, that in children's church in Shine, when we were having the littler class before school was out, well, he, that Roy had a devil mask on, and the, 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 the object lesson was that the devil's defeated or something, and said Carter just had this horrible look on his face. He was just looking at him the whole time he had that devil's mask on, and he just held it as long as he could. But finally, he said his mouth just went into this big mouth, and he just went... No, you can't do that. <laughs> it's like, they know. Amen. And if we need to start, we need to start modeling after them instead of asking them to model after us. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But the thing is, we start them off right, and usually we kill them before they get, we kill all their fire about the time they're in eighth grade. So they backslide the whole time they're in high school and college, and then they have to try to figure out how to get back to God. We're not doing that no more, are we? Uh, so, you know, your spirit, uh, your spirit and your flesh are conflicting. There's a conflict between your spirit and your flesh. And uh, um, the key to the spirit realm cannot be seen or felt. You cannot, you cannot see or feel. You cannot go by, oh, I just can't, I just don't, oh, I just, I just feel, I feel so guilty. I feel so nervous about talking to them. That is your, that is your flesh. That is your soul. And we got to obey God, don't we? Um, John 6, 63, the flesh profits nothing. But my words, they are spirit and they are life. The flesh, the body profits nothing. Um, let, turn to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We'll just keep looking at some scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5.17. We'll just read this. We've been talking about it all night, but we'll just read it anyway. <clears throat> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. But that, that, that born-again man there, that all things are become new. That is talking about the spirit man. That's talking about the spirit man. When you get saved, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. This man is dead. He's gone. He's never coming back. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, when you first get born again, you're not changed a lot in your soul right away. Like I said, you've got to get a renewed mind. And so, you know, if you were kind of, maybe the personality was kind of negative, the day after you get born again, you may be a little excited for a few days, but you know that negativity has got to be driven out with the Word of God. Amen. The mind's got to be renewed. The soul is about the same. The body, the nothing's happening much in the body for a few days. That's why, well, if that man got born again, if he had really got born again last night, he wouldn't be smoking. That's not necessarily so. He's going to get the victory. If the church would leave him alone, and not condemn him. He'd get the victory. Jesus would, would, would help him. If we'd encourage him. If we'd help him grow. That's what we need to do when a man gets born again. We need to start helping him grow. We need to start helping him get his mind renewed. Pretty soon he won't want to smoke. And pretty soon he'll realize he don't need to. He doesn't even have to. He doesn't need it. Pretty soon they'll start changing. But we start condemning them. And so then they, they start looking to their flesh. They say, well, I can't do without this stuff. I'm addicted. You know, uh, want another drink? They never have a, they, they never want another one. But it's not always that way. I was telling you all about Sandy Brown, about being a Playboy bunny and got saved in Las Vegas. And she's an evangelist now. I mean, and she got saved in Las Vegas. And man, she didn't know there was anything wrong with what she, her lifestyle and what she was doing. She got saved and she wanted to tell everybody about what she got. So when on her noon hour, her break, her lunch break, she'd go down and get in the back of her car and get the tracks out and, and start and, and set up on the street corner and everybody walked by telling them about Jesus. But she didn't bother to change clothes. She kept her Playboy bunny suit on. I mean, she didn't see anything wrong with it. It was like, that's how everybody lives in Las Vegas. You wouldn't see, you know. You probably wouldn't notice. And they call it Sin City for a reason, y'all. And, uh, uh, you, know, you know what? The, Las Vegas is full of Christians. I know there are, because every, every Christian in the town, town I grew up in, all of them go to Las Vegas all the time. <laughs> they do. They do. And they just like, oh, well, it's, there, you know, we just go to see the lights. Well, you little idiot. <laughs> uh, oh. Like Brother Hagin says, said, used to say, Bless their darling hearts and stupid heads. Hallelujah. And they, they do. They have stupid heads. Because don't they know that, that, you know, anywhere there's sin, there's demonic activity. There's the demons that are there. I don't want to be any... And there's demons everywhere. There's demons in Tuscaloosa. There, there are, there's demons that come to church. Except Tuesday night... They're not as much. They don't know anything about it. All they know is Sunday and Wednesday. <laughs> we taught them. <laughs> really. And, uh, but anyway, uh, so there's not as many. But, but uh, you know, I want to stay out of the way of demons. I want to stay away from sin. sin. Sin is, I don't like to watch people sin. I mean, it's not, that's not fun. That's not fun. The presence of God, that's what's fun. Okay. Um, I don't like to watch them sin on TV either. Hallelujah. I don't like to listen to them sin on TV. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't care if you can, see, we can get so used to those words they use and those, we can get used to that and think there's not anything wrong with it where it don't even bother us anymore. 
and we don't need to let ourselves get used to it. Uh, it works against the it works against the anointing. It works against the power of God in us. It works against those things. So this inner man, he's been totally changed. He's he's reborn. He's a new creation. Oh, also I heard about Sandy. I was going to tell you this. They, I heard somebody say the other day, another thing she did. They started, she got saved and they started talking to her about baptism. I mean, she heard something about baptism. She didn't have anybody teaching her, you can tell. And she liked baptism. I don't know what. So she filled her bathtub up with water and she just had enough religion in her and she thought, well, you know, the Catholics like candles. So she lit candles all <laughs> She got in the tub, and she was trying to figure out how you get baptized. Well, hallelujah. But she's figured it out now. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, so many, many times. Let's see. Where am I at? No, here am I. Turn to 1 Corinthians 6.20. You know, I may have repeated some things I said last week. If I did, it was good for you. But I had a little problem. I didn't mark where I stopped, and so I couldn't figure out where to start. It says, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we have these two parts, and we're supposed to be glorifying God, not only in our spirit, but we're supposed to be using our body to glorify God. We need to ask ourselves, does this glorify God? Does Las Vegas glorify God? Amen? And you know, there's, uh, well, I'm not going to go into that. Turn to, oh, I've already given you Ephesians 1.13 about uh, you've been sealed. Your body, your body has been purchased by God. It belongs to God. We just read the scripture. Your body has been purchased by God, but your body is not yet redeemed. And that's why, you know, the curse is out there. Your body is subject to the curse. Your body has been bought, but it's not been redeemed yet. You're going to get a glorified body. The day of the rapture, you're going to get a glorified, resurrected body. You're going to get one of those bodies that can't get sick, that can't age, that can't uh, have anything broken. If you have any missing limbs, you get them back. Missing fingers, they're yours. You've got them back. Amen. On the day of the rapture, you will have a glorified body, if not before. But on the day of the rapture, for sure. Uh, you got this glorified body. You'll be walking through walls. You'll be doing just what Jesus did when He walked the earth for 40 days before He was resurrected. Um, after He was resurrected from the dead, but before He was raised to heaven. Let me say it that way. Glory to God. Romans 7, verse 22. I got so many scriptures. Now, once you start... Uh, study in spirit, soul, and body, what will happen when you read the Word is you'll begin to divide. You'll begin to say, oh, that's talking about my flesh or my body. Or you'll say, no, now that's talking about my soul. Or that's talking about the spirit man. And it'll help you understand scriptures if you know which one it's talking about. Romans 7, 22 says, For I delight, I delight in the law of God after what? The inward man. It's your spirit man delights in the law of God, delights in the Word, delights in the things. Oh, I tell you, your spirit man loves to come to church and get fed. Your spirit man hates to go into an old, dead, and unbelieving church. It does. Your spirit man is like, your spirit man's like, why don't we go to Dairy Queen? This is torture. Your spirit man, it's like, it's just like, oh, this is torturing me. This is torturing me. When you sing those old unbelieving songs, 
It tortures your spirit man. Your spirit man wants you to feed it. Wants you to feed it the Word of God. Your spirit man wants to feed on the life and on what Jesus did for you and how He bought you and paid for you. And hallelujah. He delights in the law of God. Now your flesh, your flesh is enmity against that. Your flesh will say, Oh, church is going too long today. I'm tired. I mean, all of our flesh says that. Our flesh says, Oh, I, I, I hope they don't go long today. I hope we, uh, your flesh will say, I hope we beat the Baptist to the restaurant. <laughs> that might not be such a big deal in Tuscaloosa, but in Seminole, where we came from, 7,000 people, it was a big deal to beat the Baptist to the restaurant. <laughs> well, because there was just, yeah, hard, real hard to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I, you know, and uh, you always got some flesh rule people in your church that are looking at the watch and, you know, timing the preacher. And then you have some that, me, 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 me. Oh, you know, we didn't, didn't know it was set for, didn't know it was set for 12 o'clock. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you got some, that's the flesh. Because your, your spirit's like is delighting. It the, wants to hear, wants you to feed it, and you go, you went to sleep. No. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 16. Now we need to tell our flesh to shut up. You don't get up, you know, well, you don't, you know, you, you don't get up in the Sunday morning and say, Do I feel like going to church? Don't ask yourself how you feel. Brother Hagin said, no, no, Smith Wiggler said, I don't ask myself, I don't say, Smith, how do you feel? I tell myself how I feel. See, the, you got to have the inner man needs to start telling the soul and body. You're healed. You feel good. Brother Hagin said it this way, I feel good, I feel fine, body get in line. Amen. And you'll find most of the time if you'll... If you'll put that under, uh, that, uh, that little thought, I don't want to go to church. I'm really just too tired tonight. You fi you'll find, if you'll put that under and act on the Word of God, you'll have strength you didn't know you had. You'll be, you'll be raised up. I've done it many times myself. I've told pastor before, you know, if we, if we weren't pastors, I think tonight I'd just stay home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, can't, I couldn't do it. See, I'm misresponsible. I, I, got, I, I feel responsible for everything. And I'm not supposed to be doing that, but that's me. I gotta, I'm a control freak. I am. I'm just a... I, I, <laughs> like they, you, I go to the dentist. They say, you want gas? I say, no, because I got to stay in control. You know, some people's like, oh, I love that stuff. <laughs> I wish I could have it every day. <laughs> I had somebody tell me that. But I'm like, no, I gotta stay in control. I, I didn't. Even, I don't even let my shmish myself shut my eyes at the dentist. It's like I gotta. I am controlling him. You know. No, I'm, I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding you. But my point is, I go to church. But you know what happens is, I, I when I get there, the body gets refreshed. The body gets in line. The body wake. The body comes back and gets under. Second Corinthians four sixteen. No, I said that about. Uh, I have to be responsible because we took uh, two Wednesday nights off. It's never been heard of that we do this. And we didn't, uh, 
we we had plans with some pastor friends, but we didn't. We weren't just out of town and having, but we had dinner with some pastor friends, and we we took what we did is we took a vacation in town because financially it just wasn't the year to go anywhere, and so we just took some days off and made ourselves rest. And it's like I have this thing of feeling responsible, responsible, responsible. And I just had to get over that. So that's why I was talking about that. Second Corinthians 4.16. And there is a time. We all do need to take vacations. So I'm not talking about don't take vacations. But some people are taking vacation three or four times a month from church. <coughs> some of them are taking more than that. Hallelujah. Because they're going by how they feel. And they're, they're even going by like, well, I don't know anybody there. Well, that's the soul. That's not God leading you. Say, oh, you don't know anybody there. You shouldn't go. It's going to be real tough. It's going to be so hard. That's not God saying that to you. 2 Corinthians 4.16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now look at that. You know what? And so the real you. This body is not the real you. So, I mean, we can honestly say I'm not getting older. I'm getting younger. We can say it and we can be honest. We can be honest when we say it because this man, this is not the real me. That's not the real me. This is the real me and it's being renewed day by day. Now, this man is perishing. But that's not the real me. Hallelujah. 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 That body is going to be swallowed up in incorruption. The corruptible is going to put on the incorruptible. And this body is going to, you, you're not, this body is going to be swallowed up. Hallelujah. This isn't the real you. This isn't the real you. Hallelujah. Your spirit, your spirit, your spirit will never die. Your spirit will never die. Your spirit will never die. You will never touch, death will never touch you. You're the real you will never die. You're just going to slip out of that, that feeble tent you've got. You're just going to slip out of it. It's not going to bother you a bit. It is not going to bother you a bit. That's why Paul said, I just can't decide which, I can't decide whether to stay or go. He knew. This ain't going to, bother, this ain't going to hurt a bit. This ain't going to bother me a bit. I'm, still, I'm not going to cease to exist. If you have loved ones that have passed on, they didn't cease to exist. Amen. Glory to God.